the pretty voice just said this meeting is being recorded hey Paige. what did you put on your blue suede shoes <laughs> when you haven't got a prayer where do you got a prayer uh miranda in memphis <laughs> So, uh, welcome to Cityscape with the Pink Font. I am Paige. And I am Miranda, the co-host. And I am recording from a wonderful Airbnb in Memphis, Tennessee, because I am on vacation. Hell yeah, she is. And I'm recording from my bedroom, because I'm not on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Some people have, you know... To be a grown-up. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've been on a hiatus, on an accidental hiatus, because you know, life and work obligations, um, and family vacations, uh yeah. take over take over your life. And sometimes you you're just not in a place to listen to Sarah Jessica Jessica Parker wine. And I'm, she does it so well. She does. I mean, she, I mean, class, like A plus passing grade on whining. Yeah. I would love some cheese with this wine. Yes. Yes. So, um, (laughs) we're on, we're on season two, episode three called the freak show. And a summary of this episode is that um well it SJP Carrie um is talking about single life and the like ultimate destination being marriage and how dating is like a freak show right now which i have a lot of thoughts and feelings about yes it is <laughs> um <clears throat> So, like, the overarching things that happen, um, we've got, we've got Charlotte looking for, you know, her matrimonious pair Mm -hmm. and starts dating a man who's known as Mr. Pussy because he goes down real well. Um, Carrie has, like, goes through a few different first dates and they're all bad. And then she gives up on dating and is drinking her coffee at the fountain and meets Ben, who I love and am really upset that like Ben does not get more of a feature. Oh, I, this makes me, this whole thing made me upset. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, I mean, those are the, those are the main ones. Like yeah. those, those are the main plot points and, uh, Carrie fucks it up with Ben. He only lasts an episode. And, um, I mean the whole, the whole, the whole episode really is exploring this idea of like fear and what we do out of fear mm-hmm. and like our own, all of our own idiosyncrasies and how they impact our dating lives. So with that really vague summary, <laughs> What's your first note, Paige? Um, my first note is uh, comparing Ellis Island to a first date made my eyes roll in the back of my head twice. 
Yeah. But I lied 10 times. It was like. They're still rolling, huh? They're like, still rolling. Like, it's like a slot machine. My eyeballs. That's yeah. how. That was just, come on, writer's room. Yeah. My, my first note was like the final destination of marriage on the first date. Like, is that what everyone's thinking? I mean, I, I want to get married and I don't even think I'm like, yeah, marriage right now on the first date. I'm just like, shit. Will will they like me? Yeah. But also will I like them? Am I talking to that? am I talking too much? Like, am I asking thoughtful questions? Are we going to look back on this first date, you know, a couple dates down the line and be like, man, that was a really good first date. Memorable. Like, so am I going to be on like, am I going to be a Craigslist anonymous story? I'm so glad we went to brew burger. (laughs) Like, (laughs) well you know it's like a step up from mcdonald's but it's not but it's not the steering yeah or you know or it's not like bluebeard bluebeard which is like really sloppy first date like here's a game purposely take some okay just off the top of your head Take some, take your first date someplace bad on purpose. First thing. Just to see what would happen? Just to see what would happen. I would take him to a Burger King. Oh, my high high school boyfriend worked at Burger King. And sometimes when he was working late, I would go visit him. (laughs) 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 And I would eat with him on his break. Oh, did you have a PK big fish? No, I had a spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> we were we were in love. <laughs> Delightful. Love at the Burger King. Love at the oh, BK. Man. God, his clothes always smelled so gross. I had one guy in college take me to Chick-fil-A. I mean. <laughs> and then we As- went- <laughs> As long as it's a heterosexual couple, they're happy. <laughs> it was just really bizarre. It was one of those things where I didn't realize it was a date until it was a date. And I'm like, oh, man, I've I'm not anticipating this. I've had some sneak up like sneak attack dates where someone will pose like, hey, do you want to get lunch sometime? And then it like is a surprise date. And I always feel very uncomfortable. Like I don't feel prepared for this. Yeah. I was just like, I wasn't aware that you felt that way. Could we have had a conversation? I don't know. Again, communication. It's. Pardon me. Uh. I don't know why that my phone rang. That was magical. Whose dog is that? Um, that is my host. Amazing. I'm here for it. Um, so yes. Um, uh, well, I, oh. uh, I'm gonna have to answer it. Hello. Uh huh. So while Paige is on the phone, okay, and I have you all to myself. 
I hope that you're doing well. So the update for our our podcast listeners is that Paige was being too loud at her Airbnb while we were recording. Yeah, so I'm moving this like real my laptop. Just real close. Really close. I will be quieter. Um, I'm not going to edit this out because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> no, I think it's perfect. Um, <clears throat> so my um, next note. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to get out my notebook. I'm gonna get out my notebook. So Samantha goes home with this like young attorney partner person and he is like they're like making out they're getting ready to to have sex and he uh he's like man I've like always wanted to have sex with an older woman or something like that and I just like it's like Jesus Christ like here we are ageism in this episode is just kind of gross the ageism and then like the show itself just like it kink shames all the time like it I don't think it handles any like non-heteronormative idea of sex well at all and it's really unfortunate (laughs) because the entire that's what the entire like series is supposed to be. Is supposed to be like awakening, right? And then it does nothing but kink shame, right? But it's like it literally is just like an ex- exploration of what is like acceptable heterosex, basically. And I just is it's unfortunate. What's your next note? Um, gosh, um, uh, Mister Pussies oyster bit was just so over the top like and the fact that like all of these women are clearly like oh this is sexy and charlotte's like no but then she like yeah it's but but the i think the one the one line that made me laugh out loud was the lady in the bathroom being like i passed out when i came that i made just me laugh so much like so much yeah i loved i loved like the play on, the play on words with like the eating in and then like Samantha saying like a man good at eating a woman out is very important. (laughs) Like that's the only thing that matters. I was like, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I don't think it's the only thing that matters, but I think you can learn a lot from somebody if they are good at like paying attention to you. Um, and then also this is not related to eating anything but I think it was Miranda the character saying that like men over 30 who are unmarried is a sign like that's a sign and my note is in all caps and it just says yes men over 30 unmarried is a sign and that's coming from somebody who has dated and slept with many people over the age of 30 and it it there's something to that um yeah and that's all that's all I got to say about that just gonna 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 force gump it that's all I got to say about that yeah it's like I can't there's no explanation why um 
but um okay we uh that dude by the fountain ben ben is everyone's type yes it doesn't matter it's he's everyone's type i i have two notes in a row one that says ben in all capital letters with the period (laughs) and then literally my next note says i love ben i love him (laughs) because i do um and, and you say that he doesn't make an appearance at all like he's done after this we never see Ben again. <laughs> I am devastated by she, this. She fucked up real bad. She did. He's the he's the best male character apart from a character you haven't met yet, and we never see him again. Oh man. I know. That is so th- oh man. Now I, oh. I'm so sorry to break your heart. Oh God. I, the, I they they introduced him just to set us up and tear us down. Why did more women not protest? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I like, I have some theories, but they're still working, right? I'm, they're still working theories right now. Okay. What's I, your next, what's, what, what, what were you going to say about, about Ben? Um, Hang on. I get, I was just going to say that that dude's my type. He's everybody's type. Um, just the fact that, like, it was an exchange where, where they neither of them have to try. It was just, mm-hmm. like, natural chemistry. It wasn't pushed. It wasn't, like, it, it, like, there was no breaking of, like, personal space. It was just respectful. It was and, respectful, and, and that's what made it sexy mm-hmm, and that's effortless. It sexy. It was like it was like effortless and respectful, and it was just like, let's go right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, unlike like this this cat and mouse, like does he do won't he will he will she like Mr. Big bullshit like there was no games in that exchange except for like playful like banter I yeah playful banter that like it was an enthusiastic yes the whole way Mm -hmm. I also just like I took a note that's like this episode like I said goodness this episode is leaving me feeling so weird and I'm not quite sure what that thought was exactly in the moment because obviously I did not take great notes about the full plot probably because I was so distracted by my love for Ben um (laughs) but I I think it's just like this idea of like calling it a like calling people a freak show just make like the whole tone of the episode just left me very uncomfortable and I get it. Like people are weird and like there are different strokes for different folks out there, but like, I don't know. It just, I didn't, I wasn't digging it. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, I don't, I don't like the way this is making me feel right now. Well, I mean, in, in terms of like freak shows, 
Um, cause like I deleted Tinder off my phone, October, 2020. Mm-hmm. And I have for, for not like, for not like because like people were, were being freaky or anything. Well, they were being freaky. Um, just in terms of personal boundaries, not with anything like, like kink or anything. Right. But like it, this episode just like left me disillusioned more than like uncomfortable but I'm finding that after I watch most of these episodes I am extremely what is happening outside right drag racing in Memphis Tennessee man Tennessee um where was I? That truck was insane. Uh, you were talking about how how you're feeling at the end of most episodes. Oh, at, yeah. At, at the end of most episodes, I feel like really disillusioned. Because I feel like all these women deserve better than what, like, what they're going after. Yeah. Um, What's your next note? Um, uh, another thing that made me laugh. When Charlotte is trying to like get into a relationship with Mr. Pussy mm-hmm. and Samantha's just like, you don't get in a relationship with M- Mr. Pussy. You enjoy him and then you set him free. And like, that made me laugh because I'm like, oh my goodness. It's like you, you captured a little like puppy. You take care of it and then you give it up for adoption when he's ready. Like, <laughs> Like, I think it's more of like a catch and release with a fish. Oh, it's cr- I think it's cruel to like adopt a puppy and get them attached to you and then give them away. Oh, but, but a, but a foster. Oh, yeah, that that makes sense. I misspoke. I meant I mean, you've for him, you've met my parents, they don't foster dogs, they just keep them. So they really. My note related to that was the idea of that sex haze. Like, it's definitely a thing. Like, where you are having, like, just a really good sexual relationship with someone and you, like, convince yourself that, like, we are meant to be. (laughs) And, like, no. No. You're not. Absolutely not. No. Mm -mm. Um. Oh man. Um what is your my next note? I have to feed my cat. Which um I think what is my what okay. I'll tell you I'll tell I'll tell you mine when you tell me yours. What is your go-to line when you have to like get away from a date? I so there's only sorry I'm just laughing at this story I'm about to tell so there has only been one time in my life and it happened this last January where I was like this date is so bad I cannot see it through it's only like it's normally like I will just like sit through a date even if like it's not great, or I know it's not going to lead anywhere, but I was on a date for drinks at like 
beginning of January with someone and we were at hotel tango in fountain square because that's where I will take dates a lot. I am friends with the bar staff there and like they keep me safe and will send me drinks if like they can tell it's not going well. And my, my friend who was one of the bartenders there was just like immediately sending drinks my way because she could see like how bad the date was going. Cause he came in and was just like, something was off. This was like a third date by the way. And he was like, sorry, like, I'm just kind of out of it. I went on a six mile run after my CrossFit, uh, session today. Like you, you talk and I'll get into it. And so immediately I was like, what the fuck? Um, and so we're talking and somehow the conversation just like leads into me, like having to explain like white privilege to this person and male privilege to him. And I like went to the bathroom and was like, how am I going to get this person to leave? And so I came back and we're talking a little bit more and I was like, well, you know, I see like you're finishing your drink and I know you're like so tired from, from your workouts today. Like you said it. And like, I don't want to keep you out much later. I cannot drive right now. Um, cause like, as you've seen, they've been sending, you know, free drinks this way. I was like, but I've got a book here. So like, I'll pay, I'll pay for drinks. I got it this time you go ahead and you get yourself home. <laughs> and that's how I ended the day. Oh. And he went. Yep. <laughs> cool. Cause that could have went the other way being like, Oh no, I'll keep you company. No, I was very like, like, you know, this was nice. I hope you get home safely. Like, And he was like, oh, are you sure? And I was like, absolutely. Like, I appreciate you meeting me, like meeting out with me. But look here, I've got my book and I'm good. I'm going to drink some water and like, thank you so much for coming out. But yeah, like on, it's on me. It's on me tonight. And I hugged him goodbye with my mask on and then sent him on his way. Um, that's. That's amazing. But you just like, you can leave. I'll stay here and read. It's, it's really pretty much what I said. It's I, better. It's better than what I do. I mean, like, it's never like far fetched or anything. It's just like, so I gotta jump my roommate's car battery. I never involve other people. Well, again, like I said, like that's the only time I've ever like just sent someone away. Oh, I've I, I've used I've used the the car battery situation at least twice. I so it's funny that you took a note <laughs> of like the I've got to feed my cat line because my note from that scene. So for those of you who don't watch the show but listen to us, which kudos to you. Um, so that, so Carrie, Carrie and Ben have been like seeing each other for, I think a couple weeks, two or three weeks at this point. And they, they decide to set up 
Miranda with one of Ben's friends and it's going horrible. Like it's not going well. And, um, Miranda's like deuces, I'm going to leave. Um, and my note for that scene was like, Miranda, the character has such a bad habit of saying the complete worst thing she could possibly say to Carrie because like after she is like, I'm cutting out this guy hasn't left Manhattan in like 10 years and he's a piece of shit or whatever. And like, she like says to Carrie, like you can tell a lot about a person by the friends they keep. And if he's like that, then I'm sure Ben is a freak too. And it like sticks with Carrie who's neurotic as fuck. And it brings out like one of the worst traits in her. Yes. And those are, those are my last three notes are all related to that last bit of the episode, which is for, again, the folks who don't watch the show, Carrie goes back to Ben's apartment. They have sex and are like, so like in like with each other. And Ben leaves Carrie in his apartment for a couple hours while he goes to his soccer game. And I can relate to the things that unfold after that because Carrie desperately curious. curious. Yep. The classic snooping due to desperate curiosity ensues, but it gets, it goes probably farther. Well, no, that's not true. I've probably gone that far. Um, Basically like she like goes through all of his shit and find stuff that is like deeply important to him that he would have shared with her eventually. And uh, he's like, I like, what the fuck? And I, my note on this was like, Ben is the best and goddamn, does she fuck it up? Oh yeah. Oh, she fucked it up, but like she fucked it up and and she leaves the house knowing it. But also like good for him for like holding to his principles and seeing that like I I don't think that I don't think this is gonna work out if I can't trust you from in the from from the initial get-go, which Which is a hard lesson to learn, my friends. Yeah. Well, um, and, I, and I think that, like, that really relates to, like, this idea of, like, a- attachment to someone. And, like, obviously, like, they were still getting to know each other. But, like, to some degree, you do have to trust that someone you're getting to know is is going to be honest with you until they give you a reason to think that they're, they're not, you know, like it's, you've, you've got to give them time to open, like to build that trust with you and open up. And obviously there's a difference between like, just never being vulnerable and never opening up and never letting someone in. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but that I think this is like a really good example of when like being desperately curious can be super harmful to like a potentially very healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and and apparently, uh, we never see Ben again. I'm so sorry. We don't. Which I I get it. It makes me sad. It really does make me sad because, uh, when, uh, yeah, when he, when he came on, I was like, oh yeah, I can watch. I can, Ooh, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be spicy. And now we'll never know that spice again. Nope. I feel like they discontinued my favorite candle scent. They basically did. And it was Ben. And it was Ben. And, uh, but also good for Ben, because I guess it's good that he didn't, that, that, I mean, he held to his principles. Well, he maintained his boundaries. Like, like this was a boundary that you violated and I can't, if I can't trust you to respect that, then we can't, this won't work. So I, but I will say my last note, like my last note on this episode was how deeply I related to that fear that Carrie was expressing. Like, I, I get that. I do. And like, I, I think it takes a long time, not a long time, but it's an, it's a thing you have to unlearn. Like, yeah. Um, I will also say that that behavior, like what that she exhibited is something that like, I absolutely participated in like five years ago, but I would not, that's not the person I am now. And it's not the way I would behave now because I would be deeply upset if someone did that in my apartment. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I get it now. <laughs> we get it. We get it. <laughs> Yay! Because I wonder, I, I guess we'll find out if Carrie learns that those things. Oh, you're shaking your head? Okay. I, I didn't say anything. Okay. She, she's, okay, she's being very coy about her answer because I think <laughs> she knows that, that the fact that Ben doesn't come back upsets me. So I think the rest, I think she's going to keep the rest of it a secret now. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'll get over it. Did you have any more notes for episode three? No, I do not. Excellent. So dear listeners, we're doing something a little bit different. Yeah. We're just going to go right into episode four. Yeah. Because we've been on hiatus for like three weeks. So we're going to double your pleasure, double your fun, like the gum, yo. And I said that for free and without an endorsement. I love that. Maybe we'll get an, maybe we will get an endorsement. Maybe we'll get an endorsement. Don't sue us gum company. I don't even know who owns you double mint. And now we're not going to get an endorsement (laughs) because that was really backhanded. So season two, episode four is called. (laughs) 
after my backhanded endorsement. Okay, sweet. It, I'm sorry. Continue. Yeah, I, I like it. Okay. It's called They Shoot Single People, Don't They? Oh, um, that's a terrible title. Which and... is a horrible title, but here we are. But that was on somebody's whiteboard as a joke at the HBO writer's room. Yeah, and then and they somebody, were like... And then we're like, shit, we'll go ahead and make that the title. Um, so the episode starts off with the ladies at a salsa club and Carrie has to get up early in the morning because she's doing a photo shoot for um, Variety for a title called um, Fabu- Single and Fabulous. And um, the, the cover turns out not complimentary at all because she stays out all night before the shoot. Um, which we'll again talk about because I have notes on that. Um, and then like the whole episode is obviously, as the title implies, it really exploring being single and like the idea of whether it's like, is it worth it to settle for something just so you're not single? And we see all of that through all of the ladies. So we see that with Miranda attempting to date this ophthalmologist that she was not into because she had to fake an orgasm with him, like whenever they slept together the first time, but she decides to give him a shot because she almost dies in her apartment. (laughs) Um, Your death experience is, oh man. Yeah. Um, Charlotte is like, she decides to attempt a relationship with her struggling actor friend who said he was going to go back to Salt Lake city. And, um, then, um, Samantha is wooed by the salsa club owner, William. And he like woos her with this idea of we, 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 we talking about the we, and he ends up standing her up for dinner and she has a really tough time with it because as she says sometimes you just want to hear the we and um then the episode ends with Carrie getting a lunch by herself with as she puts it, no armor, no book, nobody around her, nothing to distract herself, just sitting with herself, getting dinner or lunch or whatever meal she was eating. So that's a brief synopsis of this episode. And kick us off with your first note, Paige. Um, so when all of your friends are single at once, it truly is a magical time. Yeah, it is. It- and it's almost heartbreaking when your first friend it, it, it gets a boyfriend and the rest of them start are single. Like you, you know that you know that that's the beginning of the end of the magical time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, good, good, good for for your friend for finding love. But when all of your friends are single, it is amazing. It's like it's like high school all over again. Yeah. 
there's just something about all of you being able to like share that time together with nothing else to impact it necessarily. Yeah. Without like an outside party that, that's that whose calendar is going to like reflect your calendar, Mm -hmm. you know, I've also, my first note was I've been wanting to go to a salsa club so badly. (laughs) Like I want to go to one. (laughs) I want to like, that just sounds so fun. And I would like to do that. (laughs) I like that and go line dancing. I would do both of those things. Yeah. And and related to that scene, I liked I well, I feel like we always love things that Samantha says, mm-hmm. but she she says a line essentially of saying like enjoying men but not expecting men to fill you up. And like obviously it I feel this way about all people because or like all potential partners because like I like obviously I sleep with everybody, but um, or I'm attracted to all the a broad spectrum of folks. But I do think it's important, like this idea of you can't find full fulfillment from any romantic relationship, regardless of the the orientation or sex of your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think women are taught traditionally to find like that like part of what completes us is partnership and that's not necessarily taught to men no i I hate that i'm quoting this this uh this terrible playwright who's terrible to terrible to women uh neil labute um actually wrote a play called fat pig and uh one of the characters was in sharing his feelings um, talks about like how, how he was trained to just how he's trained as a man to rip the wings off butterflies and shit. And that's literally a line from this play. Um, and that's what, that's what more or less uh, boys are told. Well, it's just like this idea of, well, he's mean to you cause he likes you. Yeah. And that's, I, I'm 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 hoping that our generation it will be uh, not teaching that. I mean, God, I can one can only hope. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, let's see here. Um, they do carry so dirty on this cover. Yeah, but like honestly. But honestly, like she came in, like the, I mean, the the gall of showing up that late and then having so many demands after showing up that late. Like I think they did her dirty on purpose. Like, well, they, they absolutely did. But they absolutely, like, they did. They absolutely, like, but like they always. Yeah, they always had had that that was always the intention was to make her look bad but i think they picked out a worse picture than was actually taken mm-hmm. just because she came in with a slew of demands well like, and because she was so late she was so late like what 
you weren't even apologetic. I mean, you apologized to your friend for being, right. you didn't apologize to the staff who was waiting for you. Yeah. But Miranda, the character does make a good point with the magazine itself when they're all looking at it at brunch. Like she talks about this idea of like, it's attempting to scare women into marriage. Mm-hmm. And I, and I do think that that's a thing. Like, I think that like media is wielded as a, a tool to like scare people, particularly women into settling into something lest they be left out in the cold because the only thing worse than like, I don't know, growing old is growing old alone, but specifically growing old unmarried. Yeah. And it's only, it's only toward women. It's never gauged toward men at all. No. Like bridal magazines, they're for us. (laughs) They're not for anybody else. Oh man, I could yeah, because I don't I don't man. I wonder what a I wonder what a men's tuxedo magazine, what what a men's wedding magazine would look like if one exists. Let's see if one exists. Well, not right now. But later. But later. Later. <laughs> um <laughs> it's a Chippendales. It's just it's just Chippendales. It's just dudes, naked dudes with speedos and Perfect. Both eyes around the neck. I love it. There we go. That's it. We tuxedo. (laughs) Everybody. Um. God. Um. Oh, and I have another follow-up question about that photo shoot. Yeah. You think? Okay. Do you think that Sarah Jessica Parker actually okayed the shitty picture that they took of her, or that? even the shitty picture that they took of her was still photoshopped. I think it was photoshopped to make her look worse. Okay. Like I th- I think it was dramatically enhanced in a way to make her look very bad. I I mean, I think that they warned her like, Hey, this photo is going to be like, it's going to be the worst possible photo you could imagine as this character. See? But like it was, it was a very interesting picture because back in the nineties, um, you had like, like Coke chic, like like that look that she was giving in that magazine was what like Tommy Hilfiger and Calvin Klein were, they were all looking for that messy, they were all looking for a mess and like unhealthy look which destroyed fashion in my opinion um and and we're kind of having to undo like because having that that thin unhealthy look mm-hmm. like that's what that in my mind I was like that's the only way to be in be in a magazine is to be that is to be that and like and, and yet it's the double standard you're trained to think like oh i have to be that way to be in a magazine but then when i am in a magazine looking like that i'm ridiculed because i look like shit but that's what but looking like shit is in it's what what do i believe mm-hmm. what do we believe Miranda? <laughs> i mean i believe that i am tired <laughs> <laughs> like 
I believe that I am tired of constantly trying to match a standard that I won't match anyway. Like it'll never, like, unless I have some drastic work done, like I'm not going to get part of it. Right. And I also think that like the best gift I've like have been attempting to give myself at this point is to just love what I'm working with and to treat it with the most respect I possibly can Mm -hmm. because like I'm never gonna a make the kind of money where I could have drastic work done and b I don't want that I support I support anybody who wants that because they want it but I mean I just uh I've definitely gotten to a place where I I dress and behave and do things for myself first. And I really could not give a fuck what anyone has to say at this point because it doesn't matter and it has no impact on my happiness or like the the good or bad I can put out into the world so that's what I think I'm working on that oh I mean I have really not great days and I have other days like where it it's a lot better I mean it's it is a lifelong practice I think that's that thing that ever elusive self-acceptance I think is a lifelong practice also, I don't like look at myself in the mirror that often. It's 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 kind of weird. Like I kind of behave like I don't have a body. <laughs> if that makes any sense. I mean, yeah, I, I I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> What's that John Mulaney quote? Like my body's just just it just carries my head around. <laughs> at some point in the episode, the question gets posed: of Is it better? to fake it than to be alone. And my answer was no, it's not better to fake it than to be alone. Be alone. I mean, also like alone is such a like, are you alone because you don't have a partner? Is that what we're talking about? Also like, I don't know, go ahead. I, yeah, like that was a, the, I love that, that that was the that was the note that that you that you jumped into because the you're it's a, the, alone as a concept because you're really not alone, right? Because the relationships that last longer are the ones that you don't fake it. Mm-hmm. And like those people are going to have your back, like even when they're not in the same room with you. Like we're not in the same room. I know you have my back. I'm not yeah. in the same room with you. We, we, we haven't spoke. This is the first time that you and I have spoken in like probably a month and a half. 
Well, in like in this capacity, we've been texting. Yeah, in this we've been texting back and forth, but like it, yeah, like you're, it's it's not the fact that alone is an, is an illusion. It's a relative term. Yeah, um, because like it also, like, I traveled to Memphis by myself. Right. I've had countless other people at work being like, so who are you taking to Memphis? I'm like, I'm not taking nobody in Memphis. Mm-hmm. I'm taking myself to Memphis because this is for me. Like, I want to see, I want to see Elvis's birthplace. Yeah. Well, and I think like that, and I, I technically have this note later down the line, but I'll, I'll I mean, I'll bring it up now. Like I love doing stuff by myself. Like oh. I, like I grew up, I grew up doing things alone. Like I started going to see movies and stuff by myself when I was in like middle school because my parents were divorced and I didn't have friends at my dad's house and I didn't want to be around my dad or my stepmom. So I asked my dad to drop me off at the movie theater and I would just go see films by myself. I saw Lord of the Rings in theaters like 40 times because that like it was just something I could do and I could be there for two and a half, three hours and be lost in this like really fantastical world. And I didn't have like, I guess my point in that is that like for a lo- like from a very young age, like I have been comfortable with just sitting with myself, whether that be with a book. And I I, I like disagree with this idea that like it's armor like I yeah it's not armor right because it like I can also put you can put the book down Mm -hmm. and still sit with yourself you know and and it's not I'm not I am not embarrassed to sit out in public by myself yeah like and I I mean I have friends who, who who dread going to the movie theater by themselves um who who don't like eating a meal by themselves but like I think I you and I have that in common where like we like as a like as an only child you have a brother but like I don't I I I only had me and my mom was a single parent so when it got to be like where I was like a preteen, like teenager um and I could start like going places by myself um uh, like I just go to the movie theaters and I would like theater dad like I would theater hop I would like buy multiple take I would spend like the whole day at the movie theater on spring yeah. break, summer break and like and just like and and also like the library going to the library and spending time at the library like it's like being alone like it could be like you can it's all about like your frame of mind of what you're going to what being alone means to you right um like you can like self-reflect you can be alone with your thoughts which is really great um you can journal like there's there's so many there being by yourself is awesome because you don't have to answer to anybody right you were the king of your kingdom. I always think, so my two points is that a, you're right. I did have a brother, but we have a seven year age difference. So I was, I was effectively 
an only child Mm -hmm. because when I was like 11, you know, he was four. And when I was 16, he was nine. So it's, I wasn't necessarily spending time with this person in like a way that like siblings that are like two or three years apart get to really spend time together. He and I haven't like, he and I did not develop a relationship until like the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to say in terms of this idea of like being alone, um, I always think of this line in the Sabrina remake when Sabrina's in France and her boss from the Vogue is like talking to her at the market. And she's like, you seem embarrassed by your loneliness. And like, she doesn't mean loneliness in like, feel like feeling lonely, but like in being alone. And I always think of that because I know that that's not an uncommon thing. I think a lot of people are embarrassed to be seen alone because we're taught that there's something wrong with that. And there just inherently isn't. And I, I mean, I just think that there's something really beautiful with being able to explore, explore the world around you with only yourself as the influence, because that's when I think when you get to really come to terms with how you think and feel about the world around you. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. that. Um, my next note. Yeah. Is, um, when Carrie calls um, Miranda out saying that her behavior of being paranoid about dying alone was codependent, I found that very interesting because that is the very fear that that affects Carrie in every waking (laughs) every waking moment of her life I just found that like very interesting I was like whoa that's kind of savage considering that's what you do yeah I was gonna say that like when it comes to Miranda the character like having a relationship with this ophthalmologist who is like like they're just not compatible sexually Mm -hmm. Like I, I did take a note. That's like, I just appreciate Josh's willingness to learn. Oh, when he like, put on his doctor glasses, he was just like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And like, well, and like, this is how people should like talk about like sex and talk about what they like. Like, I think it's so important to be able to say like, actually I'm this, I'm not enjoying this, but here, like, let me, can I, can I show you what feels good to me? Like, can you like, let's, let's explore this together. Like that, that was probably one of the only times where I felt like this show like demonstrates a healthy approach to communication in bed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yes, it, all of that. I love that he was just like, wait a minute, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So teach me. But then, like, they're trying it, and they're trying it. I don't... So, so part of me... I don't know. I don't know whether, like, she just... Hmm, I try not to criticize Miranda, the character, too much. 
but I, 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 I was seeing multiple tries and I wasn't sure, like, did you, did she give up on him too soon or did it really not work? I don't know the answer to that. I think it didn't work. I think that like they were not sexually compatible people Okay. because I think that like they were trying multiple times and I mean, I think that that just speaks to their, them not necessarily being able to communicate very well together, which again speaks to compatibility with someone in bed. Mm-hmm. And also like, you know, it's, it wasn't a like fully explored relationship, but like, if you're just not super into somebody, like if you're just like doing something because you're afraid of being alone there's a pretty good chance that that sex is just like not going to be fulfilling or satisfactory regardless of what you do. And I'm not, I mean, I don't know. I just like, that's probably my, my own personal opinion that I'm just putting out there as fact. My apologies. Um, I, I just had like, and I realized that I take a naive approach to, to that situation. I don't know why, like, did she give him a fair shake? Who knows? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with yes. I think she did give him a fair shake because she explained to him where the clitoris was and like was still trying to help him figure it out. And he was not reading the signs well. Like, and that was part of it too, is that it like it was being demonstrated that even with her like pointers and her trying to tell him, like, no, try this, he still wasn't necessarily connecting with her. Hmm. And like, I think that that leads to just subpar sex. Yeah. Okay. Well, do we see this guy again? No. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Nah, see, see you, Josh. Have fun at the hospital or doing your doctor things or whatever you do, Josh. Um. My next note just says, Go ahead. my, my next note just says LMAO Bradley Cooper. Um, that was my next note was holy Bradley Cooper. <laughs> In the shallow, shallow. Gosh, I'm singing this real quiet, by the way. Um, and then we never see him again. No, we definitely don't see him again. Two-time Academy, no, three-time Academy Award nominee Bradley Cooper in there makes out with her for like, hmm, like 10 seconds. we never see him again. Yeah. I like to think when I was like watching this episode, I was just like, and he has to go to school the next morning and, and another, and then he, and then, and then it's like the hangover. Like I like to connect the hangover universe with this universe. (laughs) And you can't argue and tell me that I'm wrong. No, I like it. I support you in that. Um, and which leads to should I do give him my final note? Yeah, I mean I don't have any more. So oh, eating alone is awesome. What? Eating alone is awesome. It is. Like, yeah. I mean, I I had brought my obviously my last note up to when we were talking earlier, yeah. but like 
I don't know. There's just, I find a lot of peace in doing things like that alone. And mac and cheese and peace. (laughs) Specifically mac and cheese. Mac and cheese in peace. Wow. That was two episodes. Two episodes. What do you say, Paige? Should we go for a third? You know what? I don't have that many notes for the third one. Um, uh, <laughs> let's go for it. Let's do the third. Excellent. So episode five, four women in a funeral. So it starts off with a up and coming fashion designer who everyone was like super into dying and them attending this funeral. And by them, I mean, Charlotte, Samantha, and Carrie. Um, Charlotte picks up a man at the cemetery because her hat blows away and it lands on the grave of this man's dead wife. Oh, man. Yep. Um, And then because of this death, um, Carrie gets inspired to call big to go on a date so they set up a date and then like I actually misspoke Miranda did not almost die in the last episode she almost dies in this episode because she gets a new apartment and it's her fist her first like apartment like really nice invested apartment that she's going to buy. And as she's going through this process, she keeps having to mark that she's a single woman and people are implying that like she has, she needs help to get this apartment. And she's like, Nope, it's just me. I am buying this with my fucking money. Um, and then also Samantha is like trying to do this foundation for um, fashion designers and is trying to get the backing for it and makes the faux pas of starting to make out with this married man. And it leads to the social isolation of the women who lunch. The ladies who lunch are just like, fuck you, Samantha. And she gets iced out of basically all high society in Manhattan. And then um, Charlotte has to end things with the widower because he's a fucking player. And then the episode ends with Carrie and Big on their date and deciding to date again. So with that all said, well, my I'll I'll give my first note, which is the throwaway, the throwaway line about this designer dying from a substance abuse issue, like with how casually the show is just like, I don't know. I just like, sometimes I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, yeah. And especially like when, (laughs) oh man, like, I don't know. It just seemed very thoughtless. Sensitive about everything. Like everything's a joke. Like even like it because they treated the same they they treated domestic domestic violence like a joke 
yeah the previous episodes where it's where it's just like you guys could really start having hard conversations but you're afraid to so you make it into a joke right and that's the thing is that like I I feel like I can like make a joke and be playful and like laugh about serious things from time to time but like I do think that there's a time and place and I just don't know if this I I also think there's a way to do it that is not like just inherently crass or in your face or whatever and I don't know I just I don't I don't think the show handles it well generally no no they do not um so full disclosure I am dyslexic and when I watched this episode I said so when Charlotte's hat um gets blown into this man's with this man and his wife's um, gravesite. I'm dyslexic, and I read this. I read the the, the gravestone as 1903 to 1998, and I immediately was like, "Okay, so this woman's like, okay, 97." what and I was like or he's a time traveler like I had like I was already very suspicious of this man based on the gravestone and then after I sent this Miranda the 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 co-host not the the character texted me and it was like it's 1963 yeah and uh my entire perspective changed just a little bit but part of me really wishes that it that that it for it was a continuity issue that we didn't catch like I now like now that I know she was born 1963 died 1998 now all I want is it now now all I want is for my first assumption that this woman was born in 1903 I really I liked I liked the time traveler aspect like that would have been a great little plot point god God, when we watch somewhere in time it's gonna be great um I I'm excited for that yes I took the note that like I feel like I would accidentally pick a man up at the cemetery like I feel like that would happen in my in my (laughs) What's that quote from um from oh my god that really gross movie with Owen Wilson Wedding Crashers? Um, oh yeah, when they're at the funeral, crashing the funeral, and Will Ferrell's like, "Grief is nature's aphrodisiac," <laughs> <laughs> which is gross but also hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I did, I I did flirt heavily with like the roommate of one of my uncles at my grandmother's like celebration of life last fall so in my in my defense he was flirting with me first and I flirted back but you know (laughs) did anything come of it no I I did learn a lot about his ex-girlfriend though because they had like just broken up and he was having a hard time oh yeah, it's good that that didn't go anywhere. I mean, why why I learned 
that the world will never know. <laughs> Why would you tell me that? I mean, because <laughs> people like to tell me things. People like to tell you things. They like to tell us all things. Oh, man. Oh. Also, nothing like death to inspire you to call your ex. Oh, I, God. Well, that's not happened with me. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> okay, so that's not happened with you. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, it has. <laughs> what? I said, oh, no, I mean, it has. <laughs> I, I wasn't looking at you in judgment. It was just like, I no, was, I, did you have any? Huh? I no. don't know anything. Um, I love. Okay, so <laughs> have you ever seen like this? There's so many. If I, I really want to go back in time and be in the writers' room for this specific episode. So one, we can add the time traveler aspect. Yeah. Or two, we can put like have have you ever seen the movie Rebecca? Yes, with, with the Mrs. Danvers, where it'd be like you're not as good as the first Mrs. De Winter, like <laughs> Mrs. The, the original Mrs. De Winter kept her hair like this. Like I want to do that to Charlotte, turn it into a horror movie. It would it would be great, but. Um, that was kind of the flair that I was getting from this episode, but naturally they never le- leaned into that at all. <laughs> and they should have. They absolutely should have. I, this episode just like really like to harp on the idea that like women can't do anything on our own. <laughs> and it just pissed me off. <laughs> so irritated the whole time (laughs) like between Miranda yeah I just didn't I did not I didn't like it (laughs) I didn't like it at all um okay so I'm not sure if I this might be I'm not sure if I told you this about three years ago um because I have I have um the note is Paige tell um t- tell Miranda your widower story on tinder uh, tell me okay so so I was swiping right on tinder like you do and I have like this exchange back and forth with this one gentleman mm-hmm. and I have like a I have a fairly intricate um I have a fairly intricate screening process before I give them my real number love that um so this guy made it past all three screening processes of of getting the number so i get the number i give him my number we start like tagging back and forth back and forth and then he then then like the ball drops and he says so um i don't really look like my profile this is what I really look like. And like, he sends me a picture and it is not, this is not the same person. Like he's straight up, like catfished straight up admitted to catfishing me. And then I just asked him like, why did you not put up a more honest profile? 
And he said, was like, my wife died like a couple months ago and I don't know how to tell my family and her family that I'm, I'm ready to move on or that I, I'm interested in moving on. And I was just like, I'm sorry that that happened to you. You need to talk to your family. Um, and he's like, can we still talk? Can no. you forgive me? And do you forgive me? He asked me if I forgive him. And I was just like, yes. And then I blocked him. <laughs> and then like I reported his profile to Tender as like with proof. And like, it, yeah, like that was, that was so weird. And yeah, guys keep I mean like I'm all about like un, there's nothing more more detrimental than like that kind of unchecked grief and also why would you do that and also another thing was like did you just make that a, like part of me is just like did you make up the widow story what is this why would you do this so that's my that's my uh, widow on um, Tinder story um, that I really wish he was a time traveler. Wow. Can't believe I'd never heard that story before. Yeah, I think I think it's just such a weird. I, I never told you that story. I don't think so. I feel like I would remember that. Oh, well, <laughs> this is a piece got exclusive, baby. Love it. Love it so much. <laughs> And quote the producers, they all come here. How do they, how do they find me? How do they find me? So that was my widower. Um, That was my widower on Tinder story. And um, guys, if, if you're ready to move on after heartache or hardship, have that conversation with your family before you attempt a date um and make sure your profile matches everything i took a note of because they kept referring to the widower's um deceased wife as his ex-wife and i was like um ex-wife is like not like not the same as a dead wife like i don't don't know that was just weird (laughs) like this isn't his ex like no, she, she died. <laughs> like this, this is not a divorce. No. Um, I also like moving into Samantha's, like having to grovel to the ladies who lunch. Mm-hmm. Like, could you imagine that kind of social isolation? And like, if Indianapolis had, I'm sure that Indianapolis has that kind of culture, but we just like don't make the kind of money that like will ever. <laughs> allow us to experience that um i i'm sure that one exists but there's something i think something about our community is that even even when 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 you don't get along or when somebody does shit the bed you still need them in your court because it's still, I mean, it is still small time. Yeah. 
it's not big time like Manhattan. I was going to say, this isn't, this isn't Manhattan, but I do enjoy it when people act like it is Manhattan. Oh God. When everybody acts like they're a fucking Guggenheim, like is. Calm down. This is Indianapolis, Indiana. It's just like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, what is your life? We have new fields. Like, yeah. calm down. Like, chill. Even though they do have some badass Surat paintings. Yeah, but they're also racist, so. So, yeah. I've not been since the Halloween thing. I see. They projected a ghost onto the mansion, and it was real cool lag and then i didn't go after that because boo fancy that was my and that's my new field story and i can get away with that because i'm not a gutenheim i'm a nobody with a podcast i have three notes left and they're all related to the last scene i have two Excellent. I love I love this for us. Yes. So I'm just gonna just say, first of all, some of my favorite dates have been bowling. I really enjoy a bowling date. Love a bowling date. And here's why. Tell me. Um you get to know if if that person is exciting or not, because if they are boring in a competitive competitive setting it's not gonna work out and that's why i like bowling dates because you immediately get that like fight in them be like yeah like they want to impress you but they also like want to show that that they're playful while they're trying to impress you and while they're trying to mutilate you but you know we we are the superior species so um uh uh you yeah you better impress and you better not be boring when you are. <laughs> That's why I like bully dates. I love it. What's your note? Um, I just put the um. Uh, I don't have to die. I don't have to die alone. Phone calls. I don't think I've ever made that one. Uh, when she call, I think it's actually when she actually calls. Big, because she's scared. I don't. I've never. I've never made that phone call. So I don't know what it feels like. I mean, I don't, I will say that like, so whenever, whenever a conversation has happened for me between like an ex-partner and myself after death has come about in one of our lives, I don't, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily because like from my perspective, at least because I'm afraid of dying alone, like that hasn't necessarily been it. Um, I don't know. I think it just like, particularly when it's like someone in your family, mm-hmm. um, like the loss of a loved one, I think brings out a lot of different reactions for people that are valid because you're trying to process something that's caused a lot of grief. and like a breakup, especially when it's like a hard breakup or it's after a long period of time with someone like that is a loss. 
in its own way. And it is the death of a relationship, so to speak, that um, sometimes you grieve properly and sometimes you don't. And I think that, I think that experiencing a total loss of life from, of someone kind of brings those like, uh, potentially, um, Mm -hmm. like potentially repairable losses or like recoverable losses, um, back to the surface of like, uh, well, I've just experienced this, but maybe I can gain something I thought was lost in this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. Um, I this the line that Big says towards the end when he says "ready to get killed again" is just so ominous, <laughs> and I hate it because, like, it just sets you up. It sets it all up, right? Like. Shadowing. It's foreshadowing. Good job, writer's room. Because like because like the reality is that like it is like that is such that is the risk, right? Of trying to trying to make it work again with someone who's already deeply hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is them knocking you on your ass for a second time. Mm-hmm. So not that I could ever relate to that ever. That was, that was sarcasm. Yeah, it was like, I got it. I got it. The audience did not hear, see her face, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, my last note is, what the fuck, widower? Oh, yeah. What a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> the fact that he had, like, four other uh second mrs de winters like already lined up like (laughs) yeah for for those of you who don't watch the show yet again um like the way it ends with charlotte is that she like had she makes love to this widower and like is so you know like oh we're it's like I'm, i'm helping him i'm helping him find his life again and it's like her, his, his dead wife's birthday or anniversary or something. And they're at the, they're at the cemetery and she brings lilies, which is her favorite flower. And then you see like three other cars pull up of like women all around their age coming with lilies. And like, Charlotte is like, are those your sisters? And he's like, I don't have sisters. And it's like, you are a horrible person using your dead wife as an excuse to get laid. Wow. That is a shit move. Yeah. Um, also, I, as you were talking about it, like I kept on thinking and I hate that. I hate the fact that I'm thinking about it. I was just like, it's also very Edward Fairfax Rochester. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Only like she's in the ground and not in the attic. <laughs> If she's not in, if it's not a skeleton in the closet, it's a Bertha in the attic. Yeah, I was just like, wow, you just, you just sort of like rotate. <laughs> God. So we did it. We did it. We did all three. Three. All three. Um, and uh, I, I, it's been a while since we've closed one. 
Um, I know. This one's a big one because we did a three, we did a three in one special because the eight of you missed us probably. I mean, I hope to some degree. I'm going to tell myself you guys did at least. Um, uh, You can contact us at cityscapepink at gmail and you can just tell us anything. You can, um. Uh, how you like to eat your mac and cheese in peace. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. God, I want mac and cheese now. No, I don't want mac and cheese. I'm going to get some mac and cheese in Memphis. It's going to be great. Um, mac cheese in Memphis. Mac cheese in Memphis. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, I can be found at Pageless Scott on Instagram and Twitter. And I can be found at Miranda Narig on Twitter. And only Twitter. And only Twitter. Because she is a boss and has forsaken uh, the world of social media except for Twitter. (laughs) I really have. And every day I'm like, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) It's just out there. Um, Well, uh, that I think we did it. We did it. I hope you have so much fun in Memphis. I hope I do too. I'm going to, I'll tell you all about it. I'm sure. Um, well, I think I'm just gonna um, end I'm, it. I'm just gonna end it. So, bye bye. Goodbye.